Tragic struck locally here in Whittier, California. This news turned globally as a 22-year-old as 22-year-old Nicholas Gutierrez ran through 50 sheriff recruits from several different cities here in Southern California. 25 were injured, 16 with minor injuries, 5 were critically injured, 4 with moderate injuries, and 1 is currently in grave condition. I bring on Nicholas's attorney, Alexandra Kazarian, fortunate enough to say that she's only done a few interviews, one of them here locally on Channel 4, and this one right now. Let's get into it. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Trust the Thanksgiving was good? It was. We actually had a tiny Thanksgiving this year. We usually have like 40 people and three different sides of the family had COVID. That's so funny. So, we we kind of fell through the same thing. It was like a nuts. yeah, it was like a scarce group. We've never had anything like that before. It was it was okay. I mean, we missed a lot of people obviously, but it was it was way different. Yeah, definitely way different. Is this your uh, third time on now? I don't know if it's my second or third. It might be your third. Nice. Yeah. It's a hat yeah. trick. I th- I think it's uh I think you've set the records here. So, um oh. yeah, let's get into let's get into what's going on here. Nicholas Gutierrez, obviously an early shift. The kid gets up early in the morning. He's out in the road at 5 a.m. How long has he been taking that route? So, he's been employed doing this job for since 2021. He hasn't been at the same exact location, but the same kind of vibe since 2021 where he wakes up early and works all day long at this kind of job. So at least I would say a year. So the claim is that he fell asleep or he was looking at his GPS? No, he fell asleep. Hmm. The kid woke up to banging on the window and had no idea what was going on. Just a terrifying ordeal. And so the injuries on his face, you said they're not burn injuries uh, from the airbag or the steering wheel or the pole that he hit. I mean, the only other option would be if there's any bystanders or recruits around him that would beat him, right? I don't have an incident report about how he got those injuries to his face. I obviously wasn't there. And the point of our interviews are not to make Nicholas a victim or to portray him as somebody who, you know, was deserves sympathy because of the accident itself. You know, the reason that we're going out there and talking about it, because usually I don't. I will always, always counsel my clients, do not talk. We don't have the police reports. We don't know what the investigation has come up with. There's really not a big chance that you're going to help yourself if you talk once you've already been identified as a suspect. Mm -hmm. But in this particular situation, I honestly believe that there was not a crime committed and he has nothing to hide. He didn't do anything to contribute to his, you know, he didn't, he didn't do anything to contribute to any negligence. Uh, He didn't stay up late partying. He wasn't on his cell phone. He wasn't texting. So since there's no there there, getting out there and talking about the incident itself and how the accident happened isn't going to hurt the investigation and isn't going to hurt him. Um, but, you know, as far as the things that we that I personally don't know about, I'm not going to speak to that. And I, I don't want him, you know, really focusing on that either. Everybody saw that backyard footage of the incident. Is there footage beyond that? that you guys have seen yet to see what happened after the fact? Not that I've seen. I've reached out to CHP and the sheriff to see if, you know, there's anything that we can do to help. But obviously I'm not going to get involved in the investigation myself. So we are, uh, we're waiting for their investigation to be done before we see what they have. And uh, I have not seen any other 
footage. I haven't heard of anybody else coming forward, but I know that that's part of the investigation is that CHP and the sheriffs are canvassing the neighborhood to see if there's security video, ring camera footage, you know, anything like that. Nothing yet though. How'd you get hired on this one? How did I get hired? Yeah. Uh, his father is law enforcement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as soon as people found out that, that it was his son and that he needed somebody, people were giving him my information and uh, he had friends, his law enforcement friends were telling him and he had a friend in the public defender's office who's since retired, but who knew my name. And so um, he was given my name by a couple of different people, which is very flattering. Mm. You know, what's interesting is <laughs> Sheriff Villanueva initially said mm -hmm. it was an accident. And then mm -hmm. they, I guess the claim is there, there was marijuana found in the vehicle. So Sheriff Villanueva has said a number of things that are confusing a number of different people. Mm -hmm. um, he made a statement that the investigation had changed to to the theory that it was intentional. And he made that statement at the exact same time that the lead investigators in the case were filling out paperwork to release Nicholas from custody because they did not have any evidence that it was intentional. So until I actually see official police reports of what happened at the scene, and what was found at the scene. And I'm sure we're going to have some kind of footage from, I would imagine that even though they weren't on duty, that there would be some kind of footage from the scene from either those who are with the recruits or, you know, immediate responders. So until I see that, I'm not going to, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I'm not going to take his word on the investigation to be true because he wasn't involved in the investigation. So I don't know where he's getting these statements from. Yeah. He was quoted by saying that he thinks the crash was intentional and he was quoted yeah. by saying the fact that he accelerated towards the group that's what the group was saying no effort in breaking not even on first contacts a reaction that was no there was no skid marks nothing his statement after he showed no regret or remorse of a normal reaction of a human being yeah all of that is also indicative of a health crisis of something happening where if you passed out, if you, I don't know, you know, if, I don't know if there are issues with uh, epilepsy or grand mal seizures that are undiagnosed, that's part of the investigation that we are taking on. But if you are having a health crisis and you pass out, you, how are you going to break in the middle of being unconscious? How are you, how are you going to do anything? So every, everything that he's saying is also evidence that he was passed out at the wheel. Mm -hmm. is, it, is it confirmed that there was marijuana found in the vehicle? No, that's not confirmed. And is it a California law that not enough evidence, because he was released within 48 hours, right? Is that a California right. thing or is that a countrywide thing? Uh, well, it's, it's a California thing, mm -hmm. but um, because there's, there's, we've got the U.S. Constitution that protects your due process, and then you've got the California Constitution, which actually gives... California residents more rights than just the general constitutional law does. So yeah, in California, if you are not charged with a crime within 48 hours, you have to be released and your arrest is then deemed a detention. So that's the difference between a detention and an arrest. An arrest is when you are held and then you are charged. If you are held and then released, it's a detention. And there's different reasons for that classification pretty important to that classification. Um, sometimes for employment, when people ask if you've ever been arrested and, and so if you've been detained but not arrested, 
you don't have to answer that um, for immigration. Sometimes that's an issue. But in this situation, the investigators did not, they believed that if they had submitted the investigation the way it was at the time to the DA's office, that there would not be enough evidence to charge him. And so they thought it would be better, which I appreciate. Gutierrez family appreciates that he be released so that they could take their time and do a full thorough investigation before presenting any charges if they do decide to present them to the DA. A toxicology report was done, right? And that can take a couple weeks results. True? Is Any updates uh, as of today? So initial toxicology, it was done at the scene and showed that there were, there was no, he was not under the influence of anything. Mm-hmm. So in the hospital, a toxicology can be done immediately. The more in-depth, you know, when you take the vial and you send it to the sheriff's crime lab and they do it so that there's a chain of custody so that it can be submitted in court, that does take longer. But the initial toxicology reports showed nothing. So if a deeper toxicology would show anything, it could show metabolites, which means that, you know, if, if somebody, you know, smoked marijuana five days ago, the metabolites could still be in their system, but you're not under the influence at the time. So that's the only thing that, that could potentially come up is a greater toxicology, but it's still, there would be no change in whether he was under the influence at the time. One of the recruits is in grave condition, obviously not good because it's an innocent life who never should have been involved in the situation to begin with. But as a case, that does that hurt? Like, how does that how does that look as a case? Well, the injuries itself don't change whether or not a crime occurred. Mm. And so the analysis is up until the time of impact. Right. So was he was this intentional? Was he doing anything to distract himself? And did he do something the day before that would lead him to fall asleep? And should he have known that doing that would have been dangerous to human life? And so obviously it's, it's just beyond tragic and it is the greatest nightmare for anybody who's driving to be, to deal with, but the, whether or not this poor young man survives his injuries shouldn't affect whether a charge is filed or not because the the issue is at the time of impact what happened not how severely were people injured now how severely people were injured could change the severity of the charge so obviously if somebody has a minor injury it would be more likely that somebody would be charged with a misdemeanor just generally and if somebody is is very very severely injured that could raise the level of charge to a felony great bodily injury is an enhancement that is sometimes tacked on to felonies that create injury so that can add additional time but if the initial conduct wasn't criminal then the severity of the injury isn't taken into account he comes from a police officer background right i mean most of his family are police officers and in law enforcement has he ever tried to be in law enforcement himself no, he never had any interest in, in being a cadet or going into any law enforcement. He, he has one uncle that's an engineer, an electrical engineer, and he followed that uncle's footsteps. He's got two uncles, I think two uncles in LAPD, one in CHP, one in the sheriff's department, and his dad is a retired corrections officer. But no, he never had any interest in that. He went to Mount Sac. 
he he did i think about a year and a half at mount sac before deciding he wanted to go to trade school to get his engineering degree so that's what he's doing now it's like an apprenticeship to get his engineering certificate i guess mm-hmm. and he's 22 years old yeah mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier chp now is taking on the case why is that like did they did they take it from the sheriff department or are they working together or I think they're working together, but it's because it's a it's a sheriff's it's basically a, a, an investigation of a potential crime against the sheriff's department. So the CHP takes that over. Sheriff's department doesn't do their own investigation into their own victims, basically. So what's Nicholas up to today? What is his employer doing? Has has he let him go? Is the kid working? Is he home? Just what is he doing? I don't even think the dust has settled on that yet. Yeah. I mean, it, it just as soon as this happened, it was rolling into the Thanksgiving long weekend. And so I, I haven't spoken to his employer yet, but um, he's definitely not gone back to work. Mm -hmm. You're obviously taking some heat in the community and some in the Armenian community for taking on this case. What do you have to say to them? It's fine. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but you know, everybody looks down upon criminal defense attorneys until they need one. Um, my job, I don't do my job for people to like me. I do my job because I believe in the United States constitution. And I believe that no matter the charges, every single person deserves a very thorough defense. And the best way to make sure that we maintain the best justice system that we have is to make sure that everybody has a good lawyer defending them. Because the worst possible thing that could happen is if somebody does intentionally commit a terrible crime. And if they have poor counsel, if they have a lawyer that doesn't defend their rights and doesn't do a good job, then everybody that's involved in that conviction, everybody that's involved in that investigation, the people, God forbid, there's a jury that takes time away from their family that sit there through the, the trial and decide to convict. If it's found that that lawyer violated that person's rights by not representing them properly, then that entire process gets overturned. And it's just useless. And so the best way to make sure that people who did commit crimes get the punishment that they deserve is by making sure that they have the absolute best representation throughout the entire process. So that if a conviction is warranted and if a sentence is warranted, that it sticks. Look, you, you took this on, not like in general, like what, what you do for a living. You know you're going to get heat, right? Like this is oh, yeah. part no, of it. It's nothing new, you know, and if it was if it was other attorneys, if it was judges, if it was people inside of my legal community sure. that were criticizing me, if somebody was saying that I, I did something wrong or that I made a misstep or that I misspoke about something, if it was somebody that was a legal expert saying that, I think that that would make me stop and, and consider the comments. But, you know, when it's people that have no idea who I am and, you know, that doesn't bother me at all. It really doesn't. And it couldn't. It, this isn't a job that I could have if something like that bothered me. But you know what, what's really heartwarming is that in comments online, I I have seen my old clients coming to my defense in the comments. I When I look through it, I there's some instances where I see my clients fighting back and saying, actually, I know her and what you're saying is wrong. And I thought that was really sweet. That was really heartwarming, actually. This whole thing sucks, right? I mean, this whole thing sucks. I mean, taking on a case like this, it's got to, you feel, obviously, for those who were hit by this car. You you feel for the families. You feel for what they're going through. 
you're obviously very good at what you do. How are you going to portray this as he indefinitely was sleeping behind the wheel? I think the investigation itself will, will show that. I think that we are, we are leaving it in the hands of the sheriffs and the CHP. They've already shown that they are very competent and that they are taking this. I mean, obviously they're taking it seriously, but they are, they're doing everything that they should be doing and they're doing it the right way. And so I have faith that at the end of their investigation, they will see that this was not intentional, that it wasn't criminally negligent. And that at the end of the day, everybody who is, you know, attacking Nicholas and attacking me will, will see that it's not because of anything that we said or anything that we did, but it's because the investigation showed that it is what it is, that it's not a crime. And, and I think also a very big part of being a good defense attorney is being respectful to the victims. I think that there absolutely is a way to defend somebody who even if they, if it shows that they did commit a crime, you can defend somebody wholeheartedly and you can attack the evidence without attacking the victims. Um, and, and hopefully people will see that that is, that's what we're doing, that we have absolutely no intention of, of dirtying up anybody to try to deflect attention or anything like that. This is, everything is on the table. That's why Nicholas went with Colleen Williams and sat there and spoke. It wasn't a situation where I was asked the questions and I answered the questions. She asked him all of those questions. And the only time that I interrupted was when I was, I, I did not want there to be a focus on, on his personal injuries because that's not what we were there for. But I, I think that people will see that, that this investigation will show them that well, and, he didn't and do it, not us. Look, and you're smart. You know about what's happening in, you know, socially automatically, as soon as something like this hits as a breaking news or somebody hears about it, automatically the majority of the public is going to think it's police hate, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm sure the people at the scene did too. I mean, in that moment when there is a car coming towards the, uh, a, you know, how many, 60 recruits? I mean, what what else would you think in that moment, in that in those seconds, you know, before and after it's happening? It's, that it, of course they're going to think that. Which is, again, why we really appreciate the investigation moving slowly the way it is and not jumping to conclusions. I think that's so important, and I'm, I'm very, very happy and relieved that the sheriffs and the CHP are, are doing it the right way. Do you automatically make conclusions yourself when you hear stories like that? I don't, because, I mean, it's what I do. I have no idea what happened. And even when people are, when people are convicted... I don't know if, you know, they, that's really what happened. When people are found not guilty, I don't automatically assume that they're innocent. I mean, there's, there's just so many moving parts. When's the next update you think you'd have? Like, how, when is this going to become I, old I, news? I don't know. Okay. I really don't know. Okay. Uh, the, cause the sheriffs are doing, there's so many people for them to interview. Yeah. They, you know, they've got to literally interview every single person that was at the scene and then go to every single one of those houses around there. There's just so much for them to do that. I, I don't think that it's going to, I don't think they're going to have a decision anytime soon. Okay. Well, if you have some time when you get like an update, like a quick one, 10 minute, that'd be awesome if you come back on. Yeah, no okay. problem. I got to say, thankfully, I turned this podcast around from sports to everyday life. Thankfully, I grew up <laughs> because I would have never had an episode like this. I would have never brought her on to talk about anything like this. And I think it's cool because we get more information about the story. Obviously, a tragic event. It's, it's just crazy and mind-blowing. 
uh, that had happened. For her to come on here and answer each question, to realize that she's going to get some hard questions and answer them the very best way she did. And at the end of the interview, I straight up told her, uh, is there anything you want me to take out? Is everything good? And she could have easily said, let's go back and redo a segment. Take out this segment. I didn't like how I answered this segment, but she said, no, everything is good. She had no issues. So I got to give it to her for that. She's got thick skin too, obviously. She's getting some heat from the community and as I'm sure a lot of her colleagues do. So it's a tough gig. She signed up for it though. And she realizes that. We'll see how this thing plays out. She'll come back on and update us when she has an update. Hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. I am Mike Gabriel. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day. This is Mike Up Pod. Until next time, folks, no wasted days. Let's go.